The offense for the Dallas Cowboys looked extremely different in week eight. What changed during the bye week? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCEV. Uh, we want to wish you happy Halloween, happy yeah. NFL trade deadline. That's we're going to be doing a lot of different stuff on today's show, but we're recording this a couple hours before the trade do- deadline. If in any news pops up relating to the Cowboys, we will make sure to update you. But Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I uh, just had to deliver a very spooky nine-year-old to uh, to her school so for a parade, and I'm excited for some uh, spooky trade stuff coming out today. And uh, We're not going to get any. I'm sure. We're not going to get any, I'm sure. But I am excited to talk about this football game, which was a lot of fun on Sunday and obviously a big Cowboys one. Yeah, so the Cowboys offense looked dramatically different coming out of the bye week. Uh, against the Chargers, it was kind of slow and clunky. What changed in this game for them to just kind of light up the scoreboard? Well, I, I, you know, I think you know one of the, some of the things that we initially thought about just coming out of the game and watching it on the broadcast, right, was we felt like there was uh, more use of motion uh, and, and and kind of a, a difference in the lineup change uh, or in the way that they were uh, uh, deploying specifically CD Lamb uh, in the formation. It turns out that we were kind of half right, right? Like going back and looking at this, it doesn't look like the Cowboys. And, and I think you've got the numbers on some of the stuff. Yeah, I, I got the numbers. CD had 14 targets in this game. Uh, one time he got targeted when he was in motion. And that was the play that he dropped at the end of the game on a slate route. That was it. So, you know, the, the, the motion usage, you know, seems seemingly maybe at a rate that it was similar to previously. But I think the thing that was really fascinating about the use of motion was kind of, as you pointed out, it was mostly these, these secondary uh, uh, players, right? It was Ferguson. It was cooks. Uh, I think we saw it with Tolbert a little bit on, on some uh, run blocking stuff, right. Mm -hmm. To kind of give him angles. And again, the other aspect of it that that we've been kind of begging the Cowboys to, to kind of leverage a little bit more is, is for this, you know, motion and stuff to be purposeful, to have a reason for doing it. And, And I think you saw more of that, uh, you saw Cooks uh, being put into into motion and then using that kind of as a cheat motion that you see the Dolphins and some of these other teams use that, you know, they the snap goes as they're in their outward motion and they use that to create leverage and man coverage. You saw, uh, as you pointed out, Ferguson on three back-to-back plays, they deployed him in the same motion. And each time we're able to kind of get the, the sort of uh, coverage leverage they were hoping – from other players because they were concerned about getting out to, to Ferguson. Um, so I, Which I, I should mention that, really quickly on yeah, yeah. all three of those plays that were receptions for CD lamb. And basically what CD would do is he would be in the slot. Ferguson would go out to the sideline, turn yeah. up field. 
And you would get CD one-on-one against the linebacker, whether he was running like a quick out route or a move up the field. It was just a quick way to get CD matched up against a lesser player in space. And it shows you, right? Like the, the, the purposeful motion, it doesn't have to be for the part player you're targeting. It could be for opening things up for the player you're targeting. So then the Cowboys were obviously using a lot of that. I'm hoping that that continues uh, to kind of move forward because I think that is something that was was a really big uh, uh, part of why the Cowboys had some success. And then I think you and I were talking about this before the, before this, uh, the, the, the show as well, the use of, of first down passing, you know, yeah. just not kind of getting stuck in that rhythm of, pa- of run, run, pass or run, pass, pass using uh, uh, throwing the football on first down Dak had incredible success all day doing Mm -hmm. it Uh, and I just feel like it starts the drives out a lot cleaner for this offense they get into a rhythm they've struggled to kind of run the ball on their own on 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 obvious rundown situations Uh, I think as it stands right now this team needs to be a little bit more pass first Uh, it needs to show a, a little bit more pass formations to run from because as it stands right now, if you're if you're loading up the box, if you're trying to you know run into into the teeth of a defense when they know that they're running, the Cowboys' run game just isn't good enough not to there. do that right now. No. So and that's okay. Like that's it's it's okay to kind of run the ball efficiently and, and pick your spots. Uh, I just think that the Cowboys need to find a way to continue to try to find find a way to throw the football on early downs to kind of set themselves up for success. And I've got the numbers for you. So in the first half alone, because the Cowboys got up by so much in the the second half that it kind of skews the numbers a little bit. First half, first down passing numbers from Dak. Eight of 10 for 95 yards. That's nine and a half yards per attempt. One touchdown. He did have the one interception that was, yeah, they got deflected at the line of scrimmage, but you had an 80% success rate on first down passes with Dak. I mean, he was unbelievable. One of the things you did notice just compared to like previous games is that the air yards actually came down. They weren't throwing the ball as far down the field on first down. They were just trying to get basically, basically a successful play, get into second and manageable. And what ended up happening is because CD and Jake Ferguson were so good after the catch, you ended up just kind of avoiding second down because they were busting off, you know, big plays. They were creating yards after the catch. I want to see this more. Like I think Dak is at his best. When you get him throwing in rhythm, you get him off to these starts where he has multiple downs to throw the ball to get you a first down. I I love this. This is this is Dak and Mike McCarthy at their peak. Get get Fergie, get CD into seven seven yard routes. Get him the ball. Yep. If he catches it, great. If he gets tackled right there, then you're in second and three. The whole world is your oyster. Yeah. Even better if they break one tackle and they suddenly get a first down and you get to start this whole process over again. I just think that it sets you up. It, you know, Fergie and 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 CD have been so efficient and they've been so good after the catch that if you can get them targets early in the set of downs, you're setting yourself up for for success later in the down. Look, I mean, the Cowboys continue to be one of the best third down teams in all of football. Uh, even after last year, they continue to continue to, to convert at an extremely high rate, especially these last two games. I don't think it's coincidence that that you've seen an uptick in you know, the, um, uh, and how they're throwing the football and, and where they're throwing the football and choosing their spots a, a little bit more to make sure that Dak is not getting into as many third yep. and long situations. So I, I think that this is, uh, you know, a, a recipe for success for the Cowboys. And it's not one that it's like easy for, for teams to stop. It's not like, no. you know, oh, we know they're going to be throwing the football on first down. That makes it that much easier. I, I think that if anything, more throwing on first down 
may actually set you up for running the football better. Because you're going to see lighter boxes the entire time. The the other thing is teams on first down are are willing to concede six and seven yard passes. And I know that sounds insane, but as long as you're not giving up a first down, they're like, okay, it's fine. That's why those check downs and those underneath throws are available all the time. You can throw the ball to CD land on like a sit route for six yards, every single first down, if you want to, and teams are going to give it to you. Why not just keep leaning into this? Dak is one of the most accurate passers in the league. He's got a really good feel uh, on how to throw those types of passes. Just lean into it. Let him throw the ball 12, 13 times a game on first down. I think, you know, early in the season that the Cowboys' first down passing plan had been high to low. Right, like let's send let's send cooks up the field. Let's uh, okay, it's not open. Let's get a quick dump down to 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 uh, to Pollard, and he'll pick up some yards, and it'll be great. And I think that that was a solid plan uh, for for first down passing. But I think the execution of what actually ended up happening is that teams knew that that Dak wasn't going to be throwing cooks the the deep ball, no. so they started pulling the trigger quicker on Pollard underneath. And what ends up happening is that either Dak gets sacked trying to wait for the d- deep route. Or he gets the throw off, Pollard catches it and is tackled immediately. It's a two or three yard gain. This is a much safer way yes. with better protection. You can do this out of six man protection schemes. You can you can use Pollard as a blocker here. This is a safer way to get easy, you know, high success rate, efficient uh, yardage early in the set of downs, which sets you know makes the whole world your oyster on second and third down when you have less than five yards to convert for first. I want to stay on the offense and talk about a couple players who had standout performances on that side of the ball next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That is ordering time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, that's the time to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. If you're out near the stadium, I, I highly recommend 24-7 Tacos. I know Landon has mentioned this several places uh, out in Dallas or out in Arlington. That, 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 I, I, I'm missing Dickie's Barbecue desperately, guys. So please order some Dickie's Barbecue for me. Just send the flavor my way through the internet if you could. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without get, missing the game. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that is 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanisha Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs We'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Landon, let's talk about a few stars from this game, and we should at least start with CeeDee Lamb, who we mentioned on our Monday show, but... You could make an argument this was C.D. Lamb's best game that he's had as a Cowboy. 
Yeah, and I think there was a couple of things that they did to kind of uh, help C.D. Lamb out a lot and, and, and give him – look, part of the issue that they've had, I think, is they've kind of hit a volume ceiling in the amount of targets that they can get him while he's operating almost exclusively in the, in the slot. And I think what we've seen as the season has gone on is that uh, percentage of his slot uh, snaps continually going down and to the point yeah. where – I think last week he only had, I think it was like 10 snaps more in the slot than he did on the outside. And in this game, it was basically even. It was I think he had three more slot, slot snaps than he did on the outside. And it made a huge difference because here's ultimately the, the kind of bottom line that we've, I, I, at least I've come to discover. And I, this isn't sh- shocking in any sense of the imagination, but 88 is by far your best X on the team, right? Yeah. Like right now, you're just not getting what you need out of Gallup. Uh, you know, Tolbert just isn't, you know, kind of developed to that point yet. Uh, you just don't really want to use Cooks in that sort of way. I mean, he's no. more of a Z kind of off the line guy. You want to move him around. Yep. And, and I think that using CD Lamb as the X at times, especially considering that there's still a lot of Coriel concepts in this offense, I think it's beneficial. I think it it helps with the idea of getting him be- different looks. I understand that, that, that you know, in the slot, he's got a two-way go. There's a lot of options there. But I think for the offense overall and about, you know, thinking about where you're what part of the field you're targeting and what part of the, uh, you know, where uh, position wise you're targeting. I think it helps to get 88 outside, give him some of these uh, routes up the field. You saw more targeting up the field on the left side and the right side of the field. You saw more kind of in breaking routes and stuff in, 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 uh, in, in attacking the middle of the field. So and I think that that is a lot easier uh, when you've created space wide and he's breaking into open space as opposed to kind of muddying up the middle of the field with CD and Ferguson, who are basically your number one and number two targets. So that really helped, I think, with getting uh, 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 CD more opportunities to get the football. Uh, and then obviously on his side, to convert all of those catches. I mean, yep. I think you said that one drop the entire game. Uh, I think he was something like... 13 12 or 14. 14. One, he had the drop and then Dak threw the ball out of bounds on one. They tried to run a, a double move. Yeah. It didn't work. So Dak kind of just threw it out of bounds. Those were the only two targets that he didn't catch. And 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 I think that's, you know, look, that's that's your offense. That's your identity. Feeding CeeDee Lamb, moving him around to get him an opportunities in different parts. Yep. And then working the rest of these guys around him. Because the other thing that, that, you know, that you have the benefit of is that Ferguson, Cooks, these are also guys who can move around to different parts of the formation to put them where you need to to kind of react with CD Lamb. I think that that was something that this offense was missing from last season, where you saw uh, under Kellen Moore that they like to move Kellen, uh, to CD Lamb out of the slot sometimes at a higher rate that they had been earlier in this offense early in the season. I'm glad they're getting back to this because I think it helps open things up for everybody. And I think it's just going to depend on the matchup because I think next week against Philadelphia. I would imagine that you're going to see CD Lamb almost exclusively in the slot because they don't have a slot corner, right? And you're just putting an inferior player on CD Lamb. So rather than going up against James Bradbury or Darius Slay, who's he's had success against, they'll yeah. probably just line him up in the slot. But in this game, the Rams had so many problems with their outside corners that it just made more sense to slide CD Lamb out there, get him in some one on one matchups, and he absolutely crushed. But 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 to your point, real quick, I, I also think there's going to be sna- snaps where they should put CD out and ma- make James Bradbury cover him with safety coverage, and then you put a 
Turpin or someone in the in, in the in the slot who can run away from that guy and and sure. get his own you know uh, opportunities in there. I, I think we want to spam CD lot CD Lamb against the bad defenders, but I also think there's opportunities to move him away and and suddenly give very favorable coverage to sure. some other. Which you'll see this week as well. well. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention one other player on offense before we head to the defensive side of the ball. Tumi Udoka. So yeah. um, I've got the numbers here, courtesy of Pro Football Focus. He gave up two pressures on Sunday, both of which came on the first drive of the game. Uh, yeah. Only one hurry, one sack, which the sack was – listen, the sack was tough. It wasn't all necessarily all his fault. But I just remember the days like back in 2017, 2018, when Tyron Smith would go down, the Cowboys offense would completely fall apart. That hasn't been the case at all this season. And in fact – in the games that Ty- – I'm not saying that Tyron's bad, but in the games that Tyron has missed, the Cowboys have scored 35 points every game, right? So they've managed to not only just minimize that, but they're actually thriving on offense without Tyron Smith. Obviously, you're going to want him back against Philadelphia. Chuma Yudoga, not a great run defender. The technique is a little sloppy. He's not a perfect tackle, but he's a perfect swing tackle and a perfect guy that you can play on a moment's notice and get you through a game. I think there's a couple things here. One, I think the uh, the the system is better equipped to handle a loss of Tyler of Tyron Smith than, than yes, it was without in the a past. doubt. Yes, um, I think that the personnel is better than it has been in the past, as you mentioned. Adoga really, really battled, and and I think you know just shows you it's not pretty all the time, but he is he did the job, and it was and he won ugly a lot. Uh, and it's still it, he did what he needed to do. I'll even point out that he you loses know, slowly. I'll, I will. Yeah, say he that. loses slowly. Exactly. That's that's a huge key, right? I'll even point out that when he got hurt, Awesome Richards came in. He he had a a tough snap, the very first snap, even though it was a long touchdown pass. Uh, but I think overall he played well as well. So I think that the fact is that they have great personnel here, just in general, which is super and fantastic. And then I I want to point out another player in in regards to this. Tyler Smith is yeah. on his way to being maybe the best uh, offensive lineman on this team. Um, he is playing outstanding football, and I think it's made a huge difference in, in kind of helping that left tackle, right? Is that yeah. when you're in the past, when Ty- Tyron Smith has gone down, we've had weaknesses at the left guard position anyway. So when yeah. Tyron Smith goes down, you've already got kind of an iffy situation at left guard. It makes that whole left side of the offensive line weakened. Having someone so good like Tyler Smith at left guard really makes, you know, having someone like Juma Doga on the left side, uh, uh, you know, a little bit easier to deal with. And I yeah. think that that's a, been a huge part of this as well. Without looking now, Tyler Smith did miss the first two games of the season, but can you guess how many pressures that Tyler Smith has allowed in five games? Seven. Oh, you're too high. Three. Three. three pre- that's incredible. Three, three pressures, zero QB hits, uh, three hurries. So that's it. That, that's all that's he's amazing. given up. And that's, that's a hurry a game, guys. Right. That's, and, and that's that's, and that's the thing, right? You're you're getting outstanding left guard play. It's a little bit easier to minimize the left tackle. And I will say, this is one thing that Mike McCarthy has historically done well. Now with the Cowboys and with the Packers, when they've had offensive line injuries. Not everything falls to pieces, right? They're pretty good at being able to scheme around it. We'll see how that works this week against the Eagles if the Cowboys are without Udoga and Tyron Smith. But so far, so good for Mike McCarthy's offensive line. 
Go ahead. Before we go, before we get a defense, if you haven't had a chance, try to go and find the clips of Tyler Smith one on one with with uh, Aaron Donald. Incredible stuff. Brandon Thorne posted a 10-minute video on Twitter today of all of Tyler Smith's uh, reps. So go check that out. Absolutely fantastic. Lane, I want to talk about some stars on the defensive side of the ball uh, who stood out to us. We will get to those next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score, Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders. I love the same game parlays. They're so much fun to do on a Sunday morning right before the game starts. I love doing the futures bets. You can get the Cowboys right now on FanDuel plus 155 to win the NFC East. Pretty good value if you think they're going to upset the Eagles this weekend. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Landon, finishing up here, let's talk about a couple guys on defense that stood out. Uh, we're not going to mention Michael Parsons because he stands out every game, but some other players that maybe you might have missed on Sunday who stood out to you. Well, I mean, another guy who's kind of fall, almost getting into that Micah Parsons category of having a great game seemingly every week, uh, Deron Bland. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously we got to mention him, the pick six. Uh, but, but but more than that, there was just several different small plays that he makes every game, right? That is like, you know, making a tackle through two blockers on a screen where it would easily be a first down if he doesn't make the tackle. To, you know, getting a tackle for loss in a run play. It just, you know, he's such a complete player. And and and, and for uh, the Cowboys to have gotten him in the fifth round is just so ridiculous. Uh, so he, he has to be mentioned here. And then, I, I frankly, a guy who, to me, uh, is the Duran Bland of linebackers in some ways where, where did this guy come from? Marquise Bell. I mean, it's, 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 it's getting to the point now where you've played with him two games uh, as, as a full-time linebacker and he might be your best linebacker on, on the team. Like, I mean, through two games, the, his, his last two games of linebacker tape have been as good of linebacker tape as you'll see when Leighton Van Der Esch is here or not, you know, I mean, he, his ability to on one play duck underneath the guards block, zigzag through the line of scrimmage and then make a tackle in the hole where there shouldn't even be a defender. And then on the next very next play, being able to chase Tutu Atwell uh, on a crossing route uh, across Mm -hmm. the field. Like there are cornerbacks who can't do that stuff. Uh, He, uh, he is, I'm sorry. I I know I'm getting loud because I'm excited. He is, uh, he's something else. I mean, I think that we all, have a vision for what these kind of sub 200 linebacker nickel linebackers are supposed to look like, but he's doing stuff that you just don't expect those guys to do uh, in the, especially in the run game uh, in a way that, that it's, 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 it's shocking. Like I honestly, I, I don't even know how to process how well he's playing right now because <laughs> it's, it's almost like, like you don't want to believe what you're seeing because you don't want well, to be it, fooled. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think watching the, the chargers game, I was like, okay, well that, you know, it's one game. Like he's not going to, that was a fluky thing. They didn't know what they they had. They didn't know who they're facing. It's just, you know, 
the fact that he was able to replicate it and play better this week, and again, it's what he's showing you he can do. That That's yeah. so incredibly impressive. If he can continue to play at this level of consistency, I mean, the Cowboys found one of the best linebackers in football in an undrafted free agency, I guess. I, I so, don't know. This is crazy. A couple things. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how he looks against the Eagles because I almost feel yes. like the Rams and the Chargers yes. are a similar style of team. Yeah. The Eagles are going to present some different challenges for him, especially in the run game. However, 19 stops this season, one missed tackle. He's been really good in that uh, area. He's He's been outstanding in coverage. Now, you mentioned that he might be the best linebacker on this team. According to Pro Football Focus, and I know you can say whatever you want about their grades, he is their number one graded linebacker in the NFL this year. That's that's the type of play that you've gotten from Marquise Bell today. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to continue. These grades aren't predictive. They're just showing you what's happened so far. But having said all that, I mean, he was fantastic. He was unbelievable in week eight. It's it's. I can totally believe a fluky – look, even to be good enough to have a fluky game where you're that week's best-graded linebacker in the NFL, that that's impressive. Considering you're an undrafted free agent, you have no business even starting at a linebacker, to have pulled that off is incredible. To do it two weeks in a row and make it look like it's – like this is who you are – like, again, yeah, I'm having a hard time kind of conceiving it because it's not really – again, it's, it's, it's not just that he's an undrafted free agent. He's 213 freaking pounds and he's playing linebacker in the NFL. The, the things he's doing are, are, are just kind of hard to quantify. And if he could do it again this week against the, the, the best running football team uh, in the NFL that, yeah. in bully ball, then, man, suddenly you're talking about uh, the steal of the century at the linebacker position uh, uh, for the Cowboys. It's, it's unbelievable. All right. You want a trade update? Oh yes. Let's get a trade update. Uh, very big one. Josh Dobbs to the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, okay. That's that. I guess that explains why uh, he uh, was suddenly benched. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, we got Clayton tuned this week. Yeah. Still no information on the Cowboys. If we happen to get a trade over the next couple hours, we'll make sure that we post a locked on, uh, live update to the YouTube channel. We'll make sure that we cover it uh, on tomorrow's podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, go check out our YouTube channel. We post shows yeah. every single day over there. Uh, we're free and available on all platforms. Go follow the landed on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow.